I think everything begins and ends with the customer experience, make the customer feel uh, like the most important person in the world, frankly, and make them feel even if they're buying something over MSRP, they're thinking to themselves, like you go to a restaurant, if you have a crappy meal, but the service is incredible, you kind of overlook it, right? Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. This is a special edition of Strategy with Jason. We are here in sunny Napa Valley, California, with the one, the only, the infamous Derek White. What's up, Derek? How are you doing, Jason? <laughs> I'm doing good, good, man. Good to be here, man. <laughs> it's good. Beautiful like, day. It is a beautiful day. I feel like it has cooled down just a hair. It was getting hot, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be melting today. But okay, it's good. It's, it's good. nice. A little bit of a breeze, too. But I appreciate you taking the time to jam with me. We're going yeah. to cover some cool stuff. We're going to talk some customer experience. But hey, before we get into the podcast, I love starting off all of our conversations with a little origin story. Mm -hmm. A, because I'm always fascinated how people get started in the business. Mm -hmm. So Derek, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry. Absolutely. I, we have a couple hours for this? <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, sure, go for it. No, we'll I'll, I'll make it quick. <laughs> um, I actually had a dealership a few years ago, probably uh, 2000 to about 2007. It's a Highline dealership. And, and um, you know, I realized uh, that, hey, it's not always, uh, you know, peaches and cream, you know. And there, you it have isn't? Some, you Are have you some, sure? You have some pain <laughs> points that you have to deal with. And, and so I was very successful for a long time. And then the, the market, uh, you know, uh, went south in 2008 or nine or whatever, cash for clunkers came out, et cetera. And then I decided that, you know, the depreciation, depreciating asset business is probably not the best place for me to be right now. <laughs> I'm a tech guy. I'm a data guy. So I went back to, to my roots and, uh, started eDrive auto. It originally was a marketplace for pre uh, auction vehicles at the time. You had OVE, you, mm -hmm. had, you had Mannheim online and Odessa, but they weren't that great. Um, and I decided, hey, you know, consumers should have access to these cars and dealers should be able to liquidate, um, you know, uh, problem cars off makes, etc. So I started eDrive Autos with an S. It was a marketplace. And we went to NIADA, I think, in 2012, 2013, signed up like 200 dealers, Ooh, was very successful. Then I realized, hell, I need about $10 million to really build this marketplace to get <laughs> enough users to be able to justify it. So, but what happened in that, that, uh, th that process, a lot of dealers were coming up to me and saying, hey, what is this like appraisal diamond thingy you have here? That's really cool. <laughs> it's kind of sticky. Can I get that on my website? And then, you know, light bulb goes off, and I'm like, that's interesting. So in 2015 or so, we pivoted to more of a tech technology company, automotive tech, but also more of a boutique-style company offering appraisal, uh, an appraisal tool, uh, offering a, a credit pre-qualification -qualifi tool, mm -hmm. soft pull, and also a price assurance or price validation tool, a la CarGuru, similar. And so we call that kind of the trifecta now, and that's what we do. Uh, and, and we create a great customer experience. Uh, UI, UX is very sticky, as I said. 
And, um, you know, we, we really came out of the gates hard about a year before COVID started mm-hmm. really to grow. Your timing was good, right? Co- COVID hit <laughs> and we kept everybody employed, stayed on board. And now, you know, we're finally out of the gate growing the company and uh i'm out you know uh, kissing babies and <laughs> shaking hands like a politician so isn't it are you sure it's not like shaking babies and kissing hands is that how no it, i'm just <laughs> it, it could be that way it depends on how many wines i have so. hey you know what our industry has just fundamentally changed so much you know in the last 24 months and mm-hmm. you know it so i'm kind of curious for yourself um just fundamental so many changes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just the way the customers now, their expectations and the way we communicate them, mm-hmm. we, we have to meet them where they want to be met. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're here right now at the DMSC conference with Brian and Glenn Pash. Those guys put on a great conference, right? And I know a lot of the conversations inside is going on exactly about that. Like, how do we consistently maintain meeting the customer where they want to be met? And the website is really kind of the foundation of that. And I want to get into that. Before I get into it, though, I would love to kind of get, you know, from your perspective, what was one of the biggest maybe changes you've seen in the last 24 months? Well, one of the biggest changes I've seen is is the customer experience on the front end has changed dramatically. And I think that what ha- what, we've, what we've seen is the, the dealers have been forced to basically have a more virtual experience during mm. COVID, but then it kind of has transitioned back to, you know, 72% of people still want to do the deal at the dealership. They still want to be handheld. They still want to kick the tires and smell the interior and all that (laughs) stuff. So, but what's happened in that transition back, I think that's starting to happen to the dealership, dealership experience is it's still taking three or four hours at the dealership to get the deal done. hundred percent. You're absolutely right. So I think the, the, the biggest change I've seen is, We've gone to virtual. We're 100% virtual. Touchless. This. We'll deliver the car, mm-hmm. etc. Oh wow! COVID's over. Now we're going back to the old model, <laughs> and the old model wasn't that great to begin with. Why don't we fuse the two together and create a better customer experience? Shorten that time at the dealership, and uh, you can do that online. But you don't have to buy the car entirely online. Start the first pencil online. Exactly. You start the process. That's right? it. That's it. Right. And, and I think that, that that's a great example of how we kind of meet the customer where they want to be met. And, yeah. you know, our, our websites need a little boost like that. I got, I got to be honest with you. I'm thinking of all the technologies um, in our industry from CRM tech to DMS to marketing technologies. Yep. It seems like everything's just kind of had this leap forward especially the way we perceive data where I think the industry is just overall has to become more data conscious, yep. right? And how that affects everything. But then I look at the website. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? What happened? Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, there's things shooting out of everywhere, pop ups, yes. $25 gift certificate to come down and drive a car. I mean, come on, man. Right. It, it, it's great. Okay. So it's not just me. Okay. Cause I'm just like, I go to some websites and I'm just like going, everything's evolved and here we are. I mean, we still have bloody forms on the site. So like we, yeah. we ask for first name, last name, email address, phone number, yeah. blood type, shoe size, and firstborn just yeah. so I can stick you my CRM and send you an autoresponder. Yeah. Like it, it, so I would love yeah. kind of get from your perspective, like the future of the online experience. Where do we got to go? Well, you get rid of all the tabs. Step one, step <laughs> like two, that. step three, <laughs> step four, step five. So you get rid of all that stuff and you don't scare the customer early on in the process mm-hmm. or they're going to bounce. And I think that, that the future to me is a 
It's it's almost so you know how they build an AMG engine in Germany, right? Yeah. One guy builds the engine. That's it. He follows it down the assembly line. At the end of the process, he signs his name on the bottom, and that's a beautiful thing, right? <laughs> it is. It is. That guy is accountable for 100%. that engine. Yes. Right. Yes. They're going to come back to him and say, "Wait a minute, what's going on here? The valves, whatever." Right. So I see the same thing in automotive, especially in the digital realm, where the customer. Want, they don't want to talk to somebody via chat and then get handed off to somebody BDC, mm, then mm-hmm. get handed off to the used car manager to value their car, then <laughs> get, go in the finance <laughs> office for three hours and, you know. They don't? Wait no. a second. That's the thing. So I think, and, and Brian touched on this in his keynote, and I, and I, I agree with him 100%, I think it's a cradle-to-grave process with one person yes. throughout the entire process. But the process has to start online because 80 plus people, 80 plus percent of people want to start the process online. They don't necessarily want to do the entire process online, but they want to create a convenience where they don't have to come down and get beat beat up at the dealership for three and a half hours. And look, I think there's some amazing technologies like your company that's helping that. Mm -hmm. But then there's the handoff from the digital dealership to the physical dealership and Derek. It's, Fumble. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, don't get me wrong. All right, there's some amazing dealerships out there watching this right now, Excellent and ones. they got it nailed down. They've but I'm going to tell down. you, the majority, it's rough. I just yeah. I just bought two trucks, so I put myself in the consumer's shoes. Yeah. I didn't use that, hey, it's Jason. Hey, can you guys help me out? I didn't do that. I right. went total consumer on this, yeah. and I had this great online experience. I built out my payment, uh, what my leasing term was going to be, how many, how much money I wanted to put down. I added my set, like I, I yeah. and then I got to the dealership and they're like, "Yeah, sorry, what are you looking for?" Oh wow, like, yeah. There was no acknowledgement of who I was as an individual. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about that. that. The handoff between the digital experience to the physical experience. How would you like to see that happen? Well, I think I think it has to happen in a, in a, in a it has to be frictionless. Mm. And I know that's it's like a, our new buzzword, that, right? That's an overused word. That, that's like synergy <laughs> back in the days of the early internet, or, or, we or pivot synergy. in the last twenty four months. <laughs> yeah, pivot in the last twenty four months, or or new normal. <laughs> yes, but it, but it's you know it has to be frictionless, and in order to do that, I think you have to couple um, some AI. You have to couple some digital marketing and outreach. You you have to touch them throughout mm. the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. And kind of handhold them to the dealership, you know, and and that's what you have to do. And one, and maybe you have a concierge that you've been talking through, uh, talking to through messaging, yes, uh, or whatever, or text, um, and, and then that person is greeting you. It's kind of like in the old it's days the when you take a limo, they have your name. Mr. <laughs> Johnson. That's actually how it should be, though. That's I how mean, it, it should, should be. be. I should show up to the dealership, and you should be prepared for me right i mean the fact that i showed up i spent all this time online yeah i gave you all the information that you that you wanted from me and mm-hmm. then i show up and they're like i'm sorry you're you're jason who are you saying, yeah. you're here to see who yeah like oh hold on a second let me go he's find with out. a client right he's now. with the client right now but th- then and then i finally do meet with the person and you're like okay let's go ahead and sit down with at my desk and do the whole thing o- over thing again over, over again. again yeah like it just blows my mind but yeah. this is what i'm thinking it's it's a process and a technology. I mm-hmm. definitely think we have to define the process, all right, and then move backwards towards the technology so that the technology actually fits the process. I think too often yes. we almost look at the technology like the easy button. But I want to hit the easy button yeah. and then it's done. Yeah. Um, but I think it actually we can take it even one step farther. 
Yeah. And it becomes the vision or the mission statement of the dealership. Yeah. Like I've, I've, I've been. The culture. Exactly. If yeah. it's not a part of it. Yeah. So I'd love to kind of get your thoughts. Like, do we need, it can't, it's got to go beyond just process and technology. Mm -hmm. How do you think it affects the actual vision or mission of the dealership? Well, I, I think the it, how it affects the vision or the, the, the mission or the purpose of the dealership, and I think number one, and, and to, to just step back a little bit, I, I would say that when I come into the dealership, I want to feel like the most important person at the dealership. Yes. If I'm paying you $75,000 for a, silver, a 2022 Silverado, <laughs> right. I want to feel like the most important person. And I'm saying this from experience, not only as a, as a car buying consumer, but as a dealer myself, you yes. know, I owned a business for 10 years. I sold a lot of cars in 10 years and I sold that business and started this technology company. So I'm not just some, you know, kid that came out of Silicon Valley <laughs> and developed some widget to put on a website. I, I've done it all. And I've been I've sat in their chair, the GM's chair, and mm -hmm. I've sat on the other side of the chair in the financing office <laughs> and I've dealt with it. So I think culturally, I think it comes down in my opinion, to you have to figure out how your dealership mm. culturally can change, can make that paradigm shift. And there's another one of those overused words. But 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 you're right. Though. But can it make that shift. make that shift to make every customer feel like the most important person at the dealership when they step room, when they step foot into that showroom. And see, that should be the mission. That the should mission. be the mission. The mission. And, and so that's what I'm saying. I look, I see, uh, you know, and you probably see this too. A, mm -hmm. a lot of dealerships probably sign up with your guys' tech stack. Mm -hmm. All right. And then the tech stack does what it's designed to do. Right. But then culturally, nothing changes at the dealership. Yep. And, and you the know, follow up is bad usually. A hundred percent. So yeah. look, look, a process is only as good as how well we can execute it. Yeah. So let's get a little bit into that because sure. you were a dealer. I was a dealer. Yeah. Um, man, interesting times, right? Like, mm -hmm. could you ever picture just just <laughs> lack of inventory insane Can't used car imagine. price like I, it's it's unprecedented i thought 20 uh, 2009 2010 was bad with the cash for clunkers I, know, I remember that put program. a lot of yeah. put a lot of franchise dealers out of business mm -hmm. and i thought there's no way it's going to get this bad i mean when you walk into a mazda uh, lot and they have 14 new cars yes that's crazy so how do you maintain a consistently executed process when 30, 40% of the inquiries that are coming into a dealership is, yeah, thank you for your inquiry, the, the car's been sold. That's it. You, well, okay, a couple <laughs> things. I think that you have to have an order process that maybe not necessarily has to go through the AM, uh, OEM channels mm -hmm. where you could do it at the deal dealership level, build your car online, have the same experience and this is a great segue for me because we're building a, a, a product called Fast Build, and we're doing it for Audi, and a, a few Audi stores in the southeast, cool. and we want to take it to Audi. But it's basically an OEM build-your-car-online tool, pick out your colors, interior, exterior, wheels, everything. Um, and they keep those leads in-house. They do not go to the OEM. Mm. So if, if uh, I'm a Highline, let's say, Audi dealership in Jacksonville, which is one of our customers, and they're going out 300 miles um, with their marketing, and they get somebody in Orlando. They come through the, the the OEM you know tool online. What happens? That goes, and then they end up giving it to the Orlando dealer. 
when the Audi dealership is the one that paid for that lead. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. <laughs> so I think so. So on the new car side, I think that you can get more sales by providing that kind of concierge experience. Yes. Letting them go through the process, build a car, and then you're touching them throughout that process, making them feel important. And oh, your car is going to be ready in X amount of time. <laughs> oh, you 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 know we can't wait to deliver your car, etc. And have you come down? We have all the paperwork done. Everything's ready to go. You right. come and pick up your car. It's communication. It's communication. communication at its core. So yeah. you know it's funny. I posted something on LinkedIn uh, a couple weeks back. So I ordered my new Air Force One kicks, Love right? Love and them. these were uh, Nike Nike by you. Mm-hmm. So like I got to pick the whole color scheme, like what I wanted, like the different colors, logos, yeah. the, everything, right? So I order them, and then I get this amazing consistent follow-up process we received your order it's mm-hmm. been processed somebody's building your stuff right now it's almost done here's a picture of it being finished here now we're going to ship it out dude on a set of 150 shoes yeah i can't get that type of communication on a seventy-five thousand dollar car what up man or thirty thousand come on you were dealers like does this not like what yeah i know there's some four-letter words i want to use right now <laughs> <laughs> but i'd love to kind of get your thoughts like yeah. how I think, again, I think it's a cultural thing. Yeah. That we, we just don't embrace the communication enough. It's just like once it's done, it's done. The paper, because we're so used to, like, all right, the deal's done. Yeah. It's smashing bugs and burning gas. And I'm off to the next customer. You got it. Right away. So even when the deal is done, you're nurturing that relationship. Mm-hmm. That, that it, all those folks in your CRM, you have to nurture that relationship. And hey, you want them to trade that car in in three years or two years. Granted, you know? they can. Granted, they can. <laughs> so. I, mean, I know. I, you know. Sometimes I go squirrel. I mean, I just look. There are things that that, that scare me a little bit right uh-huh. now. You know. I mean, we're getting full pop on new cars plus 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 in some cases. Mm. All right. You got used car values that are fifty percent higher than historic rates ever. Yeah. And th- these customers are going to come back in a few years. I'm concerned how many of these deals we're going to be able to get bought. I know I go squirrel, but the, I'd love to get your thoughts on that because you were a dealer. How, what do you think about that? Man? Well, there, there's going to be a problem, and, and you either take the money on the front end or you take the bath on the back end. Right. Make up your mind right now. And I think that I think dealers, uh, there's a, and there was a survey, again, the keynote that Brian Pash uh, had when I was in the, the, that, that keynote session where that you know he was saying about all right, how many people are selling vehicles over MSRP mm-hmm. and i think there was about 30 to 40% Oof. and the point was look Scares you know, if you want this customer you really don't want this customer <laughs> to bring the car back to your dealership <laughs> so now yeah right so so you want the service you want all that but you you probably don't want them to bring it back in in two or three years and trade it in because you're not going to be able to give them the number that, that they want. They're, they're upside down. They're not even going to be able to get finance, probably. Well, that's the other thing. That's too. the other thing. And like you, you can you, only you subvented so rates are almost gone. Yep. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm looking at the gap between non-prime and prime is narrowing it's down narrowing so down. so close. Right. Right. There's yeah. I, and I don't necessarily know what the answer is, um, but I love kind of getting people's thoughts on that. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna step back to something you you said earlier because I wanted to touch on it. Um, I know sometimes I go squirrel, and that was a fun squirrel, by the way. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you talked a little bit about people, mm-hmm. right? And in this business, we're a people, process, mm-hmm. 
and profitability, you yeah. know, come, that's what it is, right? Yeah. It's it, people processing technology. Those mm -hmm. are those are the three ones, three big ones. Throw right? pride in there too, because Throw pride. Okay, because yeah. the deal, a lot of dealerships <laughs> have a lot of pride. <laughs> And uh, well, they got. I got to be honest with you. If that is the case, mm -hmm. then what the hell is going on with the people right now? Right. Because I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some amazing salespeople out there that are probably watching and listening to this. Mm -hmm. But I'm just telling you right now, my experience with the hundreds of dealerships that I've had the opportunity to chat with, mm -hmm. the quality of the people has changed. And I don't know if maybe because it's so easy right now, it's maybe just a, a laziness thing. But I'd love to kind of get your thoughts. Like yeah. we just don't have that. That, that hustle anymore well sales it's a layup right now it, there you go you're not shooting from from the perimeter anymore exactly. it's a layup so the process is oh i have a, a lead oh they came in they showed we sold a car great i'm off to the next one that was easy <laughs> and we made um ten thousand front end gross wow that's great now i'm not saying every dealer makes ten thousand front end gross but, but I'm it's good gross it, it is really really good it's gross, good gross. <laughs> Um, so I, I, th I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's just taking candy from a baby right now. Yes. And I, and I think what has to happen, you still have to roll your sleeves up. You still have to be customer centric. You still have to be that dealer concierge when that customer shows up. I mean, you, you, you go to a movie theater and the guy that's leading you to your seat with the flashlight has a tie and a suit on. Right. And it's like, you, like, gee whiz, this guy, what's he make, 15 bucks an hour and he's doing <laughs> this? Less. Yes. You know, you go to a dealership to buy an expensive car and it's the logo gear with a golf shirt and jeans on. And it's like, oh, OK. Yep. You know, so I think everything begins and ends with the customer experience. Make the customer feel uh, like the most important person in the world, frankly, and make them feel, even if they're buying something over MSRP, they're thinking to themselves, like you go to a restaurant, if you have a crappy meal, <laughs> but the service is incredible, you kind of overlook it, right? Well, 100%. You still tip 20%. Well, You're there's, like, wow. there's an exchange in value. There's yes. an exchange in value. And then right. right now, I'm with you. I agree. Now, this might piss some people off who's watching or listening. But I don't necessarily think everyone is bringing the value or the perceived value perceived that value. justifies yeah. what the grosses are. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's perception, too. Perception is. is reality. Yep. And I think, yeah, the perceived value, it, they're not bringing it. And um, I, I think, look, we're, we're being a little we're being kind of pundits here. But well, it's because we were dealers. We can actually be, we, we, we can actually <laughs> actually we can actually do a little bit. So <laughs> for, for all my we could have a little tough love, guys. No, yeah. no way. We all love you guys. For we all my dealers <laughs> out there, you, you you know I love you. But um, and it's good because I think the more the the people and you know the, the big chair in the back mm -hmm. that's running the dealership, the more they hear it from guys like us that have, that have been through the process and that have bought recently. I just bought a truck recently uh, through one of my customers you know <laughs> yes. and uh so you know we we've done it we've done it all and we're seeing uh a major shift yes and we're seeing some crazy stuff going on right now and i think you know going back to the website and that's kind of where we live we live on the dealer website landing pages if they're doing well, some digital marketing it's the first impression it's the it's the first impression you are setting yeah. the stage yes. for what i expect or yes. what i in I perceive that I'm going to expect yes. when it comes to communication and experience. Right. And and why do more people go to car gurus than they go to their local dealership first online? A lot of times they do mm -hmm. that because 
first of all, car gurus is still in all their leads because they're outbidding them on pay-per-click. So they click on the first. That could be another podcast in itself. That could be another podcast in itself. The third-party lead providers are killing the dealers on the on the pay-per-click. But then they go there and they see a very clean website, easy to you know understand, yes. and filters on the side. There's there's not things popping I, I'm not, up. Yeah, I'm not getting hit with buy, buy, buy. Yeah, like all over the hero place. images sliding across the home page <laughs> at lightning speed, and you know, you it, it, and it's and, and why is it always the menu at the top? Let's just have like four buttons. Just get me to no where I want to go. As quickly get your as I, trade yeah. value or get pre-qualified on the home page. You don't need all these 0.9% financing. <laughs> and I think that that culture started a while back with the OEMs, and they yes. forced that down the line with the franchise dealers. So. Um, I think the experience online has to improve. I think I don't think that there's any reason for you to have a CTA on an SRP. I, dude, there's I no am, reason. I'm so with you on it, 100%. I, because, just, there's no reason. Because if they convert on that SRP, that doesn't mean they're interested in the car. They just they they just saw value or trade instantly, and they're like, oh, okay, I'll do that. But I wasn't interested in the Honda Civic. You know, I wanted a Toyota Camry. <laughs> I don't remember. You know, so so on the VDP, you have to clean the VDP up. There's too much. There's, there's just too, too much. There's too much. We call it cognitive load UX. Uh, and I like that. Yeah, and and that's we didn't coin that phrase, but we <laughs> use it a lot in our in our deck presentations. And it's cognitive load US. That's why our product, you can do a trade uh, with TradeView in about 30 seconds. It's all point and click, mobile friendly. And boom. And then what happens is once you, you commit to the trade, then it says, hey, would you like to get pre-approved or would you mm-hmm. pre-qualified, not pre-approved, do a soft pull, no harm to your credit, blah, blah, blah. So then that happens. And when they convert off the VDP, now we're saying, oh, we see that you're looking at the well, 2022 Camry. There's, there, there's intent. Right. But I remember when that started. Do you remember when that started? We started putting CTAs and SRPs. It was with the famous E price, the button. E price. Holy crap! You remember? Internet price, <laughs> e, e price. price. Get our best price. Oh my god, we messed that up too, didn't we? <laughs> that I forgot about but, that. Actually. Okay, that, but for a what, moment though, I forgot. Look, That's I, a bad I, one. I know, I know. We're not. Look, guys, we're not. We're not shitting on the industry. We're really not. But, but there's look, there's something there. Okay, yeah. like you know, I think what we've done over the past in our past is that we've done great jobs of building really good. Um, intentions. We have good intentions, mm-hmm. but then the execution of those intentions sometimes can seem to fall to the side. And I feel yeah. like right now that we're buying into these great tech solutions like what you guys provide, mm-hmm. and then we're not putting the processes behind it. You know, it was like it reminds me a lot of like uh, live chat. Yep. Like 15 years ago, live chat came out. I put it on my dealer on my dealership Absolutely. website. I was jacked. I was I so excited. Yeah. I was so jacked. I was yeah. like, I'm like, someone's going to have meaningful conversation. Then they're going to come into my dealership. Mm-hmm. Instead of three and a half hours, it's going to be 30 minutes. The closing ratio is going to be through the roof because they already connected. Mm-hmm. And then as an industry, what do we do? We turn it into a lead generation product. A lead, a lead generator. The, the, the intent now behind connecting with someone over live chat is to get a mm-hmm. first name, last name, email address, blood type, shoe size. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Firstborn. And firstborn, yes. So so that's a really good point. And I had the same live chat on my website when I was a dealer. And um, I think that what we like to say is we, we don't cause the sale necessarily, but we influence the sale. Oh, I like we're, that. We're a sale. We're, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. an influencer. Yes. We're not a lead generation. We do convert very well. That's fine. But we're not trying to sell the dealer on where you're going to generate leads. Yep. We want to sell the dealer on, look, we're going to provide a better customer experience with less cognitive load UX, a frictionless experience. <laughs> I'm going to experience. start using it, by the way. I just, I love use that. it. Use <laughs> it. 
I can't copyright it because <laughs> okay. someone else I'll used it. <laughs> but um, that that's what we're all about. And we and we tell them, look, we're not causing the sale, but we're influencing the sale. And we're all we're, we're through. And and you know we're more of a modular custom type of company and we provide modular technologies that are kind of you plug in well so, you're, you're influencing you know, the purchase and i love the yes. fact that you say that because i think there are other companies out there that are offering similar solutions to you and that's not it's being yeah. pushed as a lead generation yeah. product yeah. but no that's what that look that it should be the intent behind the website it should yeah. have two purposes yeah one purpose it should to be designed to influence the purchase yeah second it should be with the intent to connect mm-hmm. not generate all right. right, some inquiry or some form fill that yeah. I may or may not follow up with because cars already been sold. So look, yeah. I know we're getting towards yeah. the tail end of our time, but I just wanted to step back to one other thing you mentioned because you mentioned the homepage, mm-hmm. and man, I am I'm been I've been on like a homepage like trip recently. Mm-hmm. I was just because like there's just something about the homepage. I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on what you think a cool homepage would be. To me, it's like we we say that we are a people and a technology industry, mm-hmm. but you hit the homepage. There's no people. There's no mention of the processor or the technologies that I've developed, mm-hmm. all right? It's like, it's, okay, I, I'm pretty confident I knew you were a Honda store. I did click on your site. I said mm-hmm. you're right. Right, I'm know. looking for a Honda. So right. let me get your thoughts, man. Like, what do you think, all right, a new, proactive, progressive homepage would look like? Well, I think it could be driven by, and in, in, I know AI is, is, is very popular, and there's some great AI products out there. But I think if you can you can do contextual keyword targeting mm-hmm. to form fit that homepage to the intent of the end user. See now that's what a new generation. So if I type in Honda, new Honda for sale in Jacksonville, when I go to the homepage, guess what? That should be the. I'm going to see a new Honda. I'm going to see all Hondas. No, that's a great point because, like, I love the fact when I need to go service my vehicle and I go to my dealership's website, what do I do? I get reminded that the car I bought is actually cheaper than when I originally purchased it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Derek, look, I know we're at the tail end of our conversation, but for everybody out there watching and listening right now who would maybe love to connect with you, Mm -hmm. what's the best way to do so? Okay, well, you can go to Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at edriveauto.com. And uh, you, you can also uh, text me at 904-687-8510. And our website, obviously, is edriveauto.com. And also on LinkedIn, Derek White, all one word, 0566 is my profile. And <laughs> hit me up on LinkedIn. Derek, man, thank you so much. Hey, Jay. man. This was a blast. Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.